Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, you are now tuned into anything potable. The most honorable. The most audible. Hold the applause. Like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Like Antoine when he shimmied after shots went through. Welcome to... Anything is possible. The Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packer, professional sports fan, and I'm joined, as always, by the kid, the god, the legend himself, El Nino, who's joining me after a treacherous, a treacherous journey through a Miami flood. But he, he it, is here. It was crazy, man. <laughs> it was nuts out there. A bus, a bus got stuck. And it was just pure chaos because the bus was like cutting off the entrance to the bridge that everybody needed to go across. And it was sheer chaos. There were people, people trying to drive around the bus through the the rain. The, there was a huge flood and some cars, some of the cars that were trying were getting stuck. And it was it was sheer madness. I'd never seen anything like it. That's it's wild. Miami infrastructure already not great to begin with, but um, the, really besides the point, we got off on the wrong foot here. The Celtics avoid getting swept by the Miami Heat and play their best, I think, complete basketball game so far in this postseason. Maybe maybe game seven was better, but that was against a, a joke of a 76ers team. But they absolutely dominate the heat in the second half. Jason Tatum goes off, I think, scoring 24 points in the second half and just the shooting splits for the series. Caleb Martin was no longer the best player in the series, which I thought was a big adjustment the Celtics made um, and not letting Caleb Martin be amazing. But just the Celtics generated a lot more threes, made a lot more threes. And in the second half, we're able to just force a lot of Miami Heat turnovers. And they were the ones scoring off turnovers. You were in the building. What was the kind of the big shift for them in that second half? And what allowed them to kind of play such like Celtics basketball? I just thought they trusted each other. And and that sounds like such a simple concept. But like the biggest piece of the first half was like they had eight turnovers. They got down nine at one point and they still kept trusting the game plan. Like I thought Jalen Brown, he didn't have great stats. This was by far the best game he's played in the series. He was just so patient getting to the paint and then spraying out. And I just thought, everybody had that mentality where it was like, doesn't matter if I make a play, the key is making a play for the team. I thought they finally moved the ball side to side against Miami. And, and then they were just tough. Like that play when Max Drews got blocked by Jason Tatum. So the whole sequence was crazy. So after two Derek, offensive rebounds, <laughs> Derek white goes in for a layup, misses it. I think it was Gabe Vincent comes back with a lefty layup makes it. Um, and then I forget what else happened. And then Max Struess gets the, the third chance or fourth chance 
<laughs> three after Tatum hustled to block him and it just went right back to Struess and he drilled a three and that that made it nine. And the Celtics really could have folded at that point. Like, and they didn't. And I thought from then on, they played the best half. It was just beautiful basketball, especially in that third quarter. It was just, that's exactly how they want to play. Spacing the court, finding the open shooter. And I, I just thought like the trust in the pass and the quality of shots, even though they've, they've missed a ton of threes in this series, it's so different when it's a rhythm three. And that's what I thought they did to to my, Miami to take away that rhythm from Miami tonight. Like they ran guys off the line. They made them think a little bit. And then the Celtics were able to produce those rhythm threes. And I thought even in the first half when they didn't shoot as well, they were able to do that. And then in the second half, they just started making them. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are, but it felt like the Celtics got a lot more just opportunities from the corners. Uh, and the corner threes is what is like, the Celtics have been just that what made their offensive start at the start of the season was just getting great looks from corners. And I thought they did a good job of that tonight. Just answering the Miami runs, though, I also thought they were pretty resilient in that regard. I mean, starting the third quarter on a 16 and 0, uh, well, I guess they didn't start on a 16 0 run, but having that 16 0 run in, in two minutes and 27 seconds in there in the middle of the third quarter after kind of Miami responded to them initially. Um, the moment in the start, the fourth quarter, Jason Tatum's on the bench. It's the Miami goes to their funky zone um, after not getting some good looks. I still think they they got they actually they actually ran what seemed like a play in response to a zone, which was wild stuff. Uh, overloaded the zone, got the ball to Horford. Uh, White had a good look, completely airballed it. Joe Mazzula called the timeout. People were rejoicing left and right. And then um, Tatum comes back into the game and they just run away with it like he was absolutely dominant from that stretch forward and uh just matched jimmy butler who is really the only heat player who kind of showed up offensively in the second half that was the biggest thing um the heat i think in the third quarter missed a lot of shots in the paint but it just definitely felt like as the celtics were a lot more connected defensively and they were the team forcing turnovers and just the heat I think what was it? The Celtics scored like 27 or 26 points, something ridiculous off of the heat turnovers. And they were, it's just a, a level of making the heat uncomfortable in, in game in the second half of game four, which the heat were just not uncomfortable, at least the, at all in the games two and three, maybe the first half of game one, but the, the heat offense kind of looked pedestrian uh, in, in that second half in a way that it hasn't looked for the first three games of the series. Yeah, and I thought Robert Williams, his defense was way better. Just way better. The, the whole team was way better, just like not yeah. jumping on pump fakes, like staying down um, multiple times. Like in the first half, I think they, they fouled a lot, but it just felt like they were a lot more disciplined um, in their defensive containment and just like not, even though they, they were called for a lot of fouls, I still just think they, the, the concentration just felt there. Yeah, and Jimmy like started to take over the game a little bit at the end of the third quarter, try to take over the game, and got to the rim a few times, drew some fouls, and and the Celtics just kind of fended it, everything off. Um, I thought they gave, they were able to give enough help on Jimmy to make him at least a little uncomfortable while also getting out to the shooters and making things tough on them, which is really tough. Like, especially with guys like Martin and Vincent who have just 
kind of touched God in this series and just been unbelievable. They started the game, I think they were seven for nine combined at one point. <laughs> of for, course they were. <laughs> for 18 points. Naturally, they were seven for nine. But I thought e- even early on, like the Celtics made them do tougher things. And then I thought Jalen Brown's defense in the third quarter was really important. I thought he took it on himself to to make things tough for Gabe Vincent. And he got it in the passing lane that one time. He got some stuff going in transition. And it felt like their hands were a lot more active, too. Like, they're just, like, getting steals, deflections. I thought Robert Williams had some good plays just with quick hands um, and just playing a lot faster, despite they kind of fell back into that kind of slow-it-down prevent offense late, but then they created a turnover. Marcus played fast. That was that was an awesome moment because Rob Williams looked like he was telling Marcus to slow down. <laughs> and Marcus, like, just waved his hand like, no, we're fucking running, man. We're running right now. Sorry, Grandy. And, and then he found Jalen for an and one in transition, which was pretty key bucket at the time. It wasn't like the Heat were totally out of it at that point. And Marcus's recognition that slowing it down would not be the answer in that moment, I thought was pretty important. And just, it was a hilarious moment to me because you could see Rob Williams like, pull it out, man, pull it out. Like we got time left and Smart was like, nah, <laughs> fuck that. It feels like We're every running. other Celtics player would have slowed it down. Like Jalen absolutely slows it down. Uh, but like kudos to Marcus for playing fast because they did kind of um, mess it up there. I think that's the Jason Tatum showed up in the fourth quarter, uh, which was a nice change from the previous series, hit his first field goal. It felt like he was just a lot more comfortable and just attempting a lot more mid range shots uh, in this game than I feel like we've seen in the past. Uh, We did see this heat like we're in the zone when he came back in in that fourth quarter and they just like immediately sent Tatum to the nail. I say the nail because that's what cool podcasters say when talking about the free throw line. Um, And he knocked down (laughs) a shot. Uh, but it just felt like he was, for whatever reason, you mentioned moving them, moving the ball side to side more. Um, but they just, it felt like he, the whole Celtics team, but him uh, especially just had more room to operate. And maybe that's just like kind of a willingness to pull up um, and not just making his game entirely three pointers and uh, uh, layups, but just the turnovers from the Celtics, the sloppy dribbling that was there that kind of plagued them in game two and game three was just didn't seem to be there uh, down the stretch of game four. The turnovers all of a sudden went away and it really felt like a role reversal in this game. Yeah, this I mean, the only two turnovers, I believe, after halftime, which was really important. I really thought a lot of that was Brown's willingness to just get off the ball. And... I think earlier in this series, he tried to force some things and and go into a heat defense that knows he's going to try to do that and expects him to and is like has bodies flying over to try to take charges, to swipe at the ball, to just annoy you, disrupt you, take advantage of the fact that you're trying to be super aggressive. And tonight he was just just patient, made the right read. And I thought that really helped open up things for the offense and and for Tatum too and and Tatum like the the moment in the fourth quarter when the heat cut it to five and Missoula just ran the play against the zone to get Tatum in the middle thought that was a nice adjustment because they haven't really tried that much in this series 
it's typically been Tatum initiating the offense against that zone, being outside of the arc. And so when they went to that, they got Tatum a, a pretty clean look from about 15, 16 feet. And that was, that was as, as big a bucket, I thought, as there was in that whole game because Miami was starting to to take control. The crowd was starting to really believe. And they come out of a timeout and Tatum just gets to his spot and – and they they were able to generate a a pretty high percentage look for him in that moment. Yeah, and right after that, they just kind of kept building on that. Derek White gets the block on Duncan Robinson. That leads to a Jalen dunk. Um, then we also got a timeout mid-offensive possession from Joe Mazzulla, which was... What a moment. Not something I was expecting. Um, the play, of And the it was game, a good timeout. It was a good timeout. Jalen was lost in the corner, and it looked like he was about to turn the ball over again. And then Smart comes out of the timeout and finds was it Grant Williams for three or Derek White for three? Like they they capitalize with a three pointer on that possession. Um and I, I feel like I went out of order here, maybe with the timeout, but Grant Williams, I think, had an excellent game in his block on Jimmy Butler in the fourth quarter where Jimmy Revenge for Grant Williams. <laughs> I know. It was pretty impressive. It was he he knocked down a lot of big threes. I mean, that's another thing. It's like the easy analysis coming out of this game, but the Celtics just made way more open threes in this game than they had previously. And guys like Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess and Duncan Robinson did not hit as many uh, open threes. And so just like the percentages kind uh, definitely flipped, but I think they did a really good job of, of creating those options and trusting each other, like you said. And I think Grant, Marcus Smart, Al Horford decided to show up and score 12 points. He took some free throws. Uh, uh, you were in the stadium, but they flashed a graphic on the screen. It was his third free throw since March 21st, which is an absolutely insane statistic. That's um, bonkers. And, and also, like, he hit the threes early, which I felt like was really important because the Celtics got down nine in the first quarter or eight in the first quarter, and his threes kept them close when they weren't feeling it. And then the play that I was like, Oh, Al. Al's got got a little throwback attitude tonight was when he posted up Zeller and just kind of big boyed him. And this has been a season where Horford hasn't even tried to post up much, even against smaller guys. And so for him to do it against the Heat's backup center and then just overpower him and go and get a bucket, I thought that was important for the Celtics too. Um, Something that's crazy, I'm looking at just the second half box score right now. Bam Adebayo only took one field goal attempt in that entire second half, and that feels like it's playing exactly into what the Celtics want in that moment because then they basically just have to try to guard one on one on Jimmy one on one, send some late help, and just hope the other guys don't uh don't hurt you. And I thought Bam was like pretty effective. One of the reasons this Heat were up six heading into halftime, and I don't think the Celtics have had a great answer for Bam, um, but he was just not really a a factor at all in that second half. And maybe that's something to do with he was in in some foul trouble. I know he picked up I think he finished the game with four or five fouls, uh, but it's still it's still odd to see him after being pretty I think the best offensive version of Bam I've seen in his career for him just to not be there in the second half. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh not the best Bam performance. Just one offensive rebound. Four turnovers and zero assists, which is very unlike Bam. Um, 
usually he's a guy they they rely on for the uh although he did have one great pass like it was a phenomenal <laughs> pass and he thread the needle with a bounce pass back door and it was just a fucking amazing pass and whoever it was smoked it i forget who it was was it malcolm brogdon because he just malcolm brogdon did some bunny smoking smoking. bunnies and i thought malcolm he did brogdon some bunny brogdon. smoking that could have been some crucial bunny smoking for the celtics he had uh the two like right Back in a row bed. And one one of them was tough. Um, the other the one, first was one was a well, the first one was like a reverse and it's the reverse lefty. Yeah, that was tough. But the other one was just like I don't know whether he felt Jimmy's presence and just got spooked or what. Malcolm needs to play better. He's uh, he's had a bad couple games. That's a kind of crazy thing is that I like the Celtics clearly played their best game of the series, but I don't think that played their best basketball. Um, clearly, Malcolm Brogdon was not. Uh, great tonight. I don't think. Uh, well, I guess all, all the other guys kind of had a, a big impact, but Jalen um, was only seven of sixteen from the field, and uh, he knocked down a, a three early, but definitely still didn't have it shooting. And so I think they still have a capability of of playing better. And a major change is that um, after the first half, Caleb Martin stopped being the best basketball player ever, and just. Um, and Gabe Vincent kind of cooled down after hitting some ridiculous shots in game three and at the start of game four. We're, I don't know if you saw this in the arena, but I do think this is going to be a big factor moving forward to game five. Is Gabe Vincent, when he rolled his ankle, he was in bounds, and then he rolled his ankle, and his ankle is the thing that touched him down out of bounds. And I thought them have the Heat having to bring in Kyle Lowry after that. He Kyle Lowry has just been not been good. He had four turnovers, I think three of those turnovers in the fourth quarter. Um, Gabe Vincent's been very important for the Heat, and it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of ankle impacts him. Because as soon as that happened, Jason Tatum basically called for him, uh, uh, like hit a step back three right over him, knowing that he was not going to be able to contest that. And so I think the Heat's role players have been amazing in the series. It's been otherworldly. Like, <laughs> it's been it's crazy. absolutely insane. I think Caleb Martin, uh, someone tweeted this out at halftime. He'd only missed 13 shots in this entire series. And so it's been mostly Vincent and Caleb Martin, but like they have been phenomenal. But if they're no longer playing at at that level or if Vincent is at all limited, I do think Miami has a a much weaker bench and it's something the Celtics can uh, exploit possibly heading into game five. But I I do think like as soon as Vincent came out and Lowry had to play, that was a huge, uh, huge benefit for the Celtics. Yeah, for sure. The uh, and we'll see how that goes. Obviously, he came back into the game, and I thought he was moving okay after he checked back in. But with with ankles, you never know how how the the ankle will react the next day. Um, but obviously, he's super important to what what they've done, what they do. And if he's out, that would put a lot of pressure on Kyle Lowry and even more pressure on Butler and and Caleb Martin to just make plays off the bounce and create for them because some of the other guys in that rotation don't really do that. Uh, what did you think about the post-game press conferences? I was fascinated to learn that the Celtics are not the worst basketball team that's ever existed and that they don't all hate each other and that um, this team doesn't need to be blown up immediately. 
I mean, I thought like we, uh, I was pretty down bad after game three, but like yesterday was just a crazy amount of like the Celtics. It's just wild how much the narrative of like NBA playoffs goes in between the off days. Like absolutely the Celtics played like complete dog shit in game three, but then the immediate storylines of like, they need to fire Joe Missoula. They're thinking about firing Joe Missoula. They're these T players hate each other. They feel like they don't like each other. I don't know if any of that is true, but like, I don't know. They, they clearly did something and were able to stay together. They had a mystery meeting that Jalen Brown didn't want to talk about. They galvanized. Is that Jalen's word? They were galvanized. That was his word. Yeah. They galvanized. They, and then he wouldn't tell us where they galvanized. They just galvanized. Can you use that word like that? Is that how that grammar works? Normally you like galvanize something else, but can you galvanize yourselves? Can you self galvanize? I don't know. I'm asking you. You're a professional writer. It, it appears that they did. <laughs> did <laughs> Whether did it they... was possible before, it is now. Anything is is potable, I would say. Um, but like, what did you just think of their? Obviously, they had the Red Sox quotes like, "Don't let us this one win this one before the game." Like, hard to like. I don't know. What, what was just just your vibe of being around the team? them being down 0-3 and then them kind of responding to that with the performance tonight, like to tonight. I think it was a really tough couple of days for everyone on the team, in the organization. The Malcolm Brogdon kind of laid it bare at shoot around or at the media availability yesterday. Like we don't have an identity. He thought it should be defense, which to it's me, it seems <laughs> sort of like a like disagreement with what Joe Missoula has kind of preached most of the season. And and Missoula said they lost their defensive identity too, but for the most part, he's been he's focused on offense first for the season with with his substitutions, with what he says to the media, with how he approaches kind of everything. And so that felt like oh, Malcolm, not really on board with everything that's gone on. And I think the, uh, the I mean, the reality of it is that through three games of the series, Missoula looked totally outmatched. The Celtics looked broken after game three in a way that they haven't really looked broken since probably the Kyrie era. Like, was that the last time they just kind of gave up yeah, in a big like, playoff game? It's the first time since the Kyrie era they haven't showed for uh, an entire game. I guess last year in the Miami series, did they have any big time like letdowns like this? Because I'm trying to think like certainly they've been terrible for uh, a fourth quarter or five or six of fourth quarters where they've been really bad for stretches of games. But this was the first time they just completely no showed. Um, and it was just startling to to have that after being down 0-2. And so certainly the, their lowest moments uh, completely. Um, but I do think, like, at least he didn't get swept. I think that is, like, is, obviously yeah. it's going to be disappointing uh, no matter, like, what if they lose this series. But to, like, the, the Lakers, at least, they all, they also, they did get swept, but there was, like, a close game yeah, LeBron played great. They 
they, and they were in the every single game and they had like the effort there. And so like to go out as they did in game three was was embarrassing. And like, obviously, there's a reason that the media had the kind of the reaction that they did. But um, I just think it's it's good for the Celtics to uh, not get swept in these conference finals. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, you could tell too, like just that shoot around. I don't know whether they really believe in themselves or just like trying to project belief until, until they did believe it. But you could tell that vibe, like, all right, let's let's get back to what we do. Let's let's get back to following the game plan after really like just a total letdown. Not just in game three, but the fourth quarter of game two was really really disappointing for them and and was they lost that game in a way especially when it's the second straight game you've lost at home to begin the series that can really put tension on the locker room with the way they didn't get rebounds with the way their offense just kind of short-circuited against the zone with the way Grant Williams you know approached Jimmy Butler and nobody really had his back I, I think you know it it just felt like it was important for them to get back on the same page and and make sure that if they did go out, they were at least going to do it together. And I thought you felt that throughout this whole game where thing when things didn't go right, they just kind of kept plugging away and didn't try to force anything, just, just kept plugging away. They had a bunch of turnovers early. Jason Tatum had some bad ones early. Well, he did get taken out of the game, and he did not dap up Sam Hauser. He left Sam Hauser hanging, and Shaq highlighted it on the halftime show and said he was a bad leader. Um, so there there were some down moments even during this game. I mean, that, <laughs> that could have torn them apart more than anything. Let, let's let's I mean, be real Sam here. Sam Hauser was hand up, and he was left hanging because Jason Tatum was uh, pretty frustrated. Um, what the hell do you think is going to happen in game five? Because I have a small kernel of belief, but then the so many people are tweeting about the Red Sox parallels that it's like, um, uh, I think they're jinxing it too much. I think too many. People I can't believe the Heat let Alex Rodriguez in the building tonight. I, and Derek Jeter. It was Alex Rodriguez and, and Derek. And Derek. Like, how do you let those guys in the building? How do you allow that juju in the building when it's 3-0? I would have I would have had security be on the lookout for any of Jorge Posada. <laughs> I would have, I would have had Bernie Williams like I would not have allowed any of those dudes into the building today. How how do you possibly allow that to happen? Because you just saw the Celtics quit in game 3 so you don't even you don't even imagine that's going to happen, but I honestly have no idea what Celtics team shows up and like them coming home feels like a bad thing they've played such bad basketball in td garden this year other than game seven against the 76ers and so um i still like it took them being down 3-0 to play this type of basketball is the celtics kind of effort focus trust 
continuity, sustainable? Or will they come back with it in game five? Or was just avoiding being swept enough for them? Because honestly, I after after game five of the Sixers series, where I had a very strong feeling the Celtics were going to win, I've completely thrown out my predictions or like feel for this team because I just have no idea how they're going to show up. It would be utterly hilarious if this team becomes the first to come back from a three nothing <laughs> series deficit. It would be the funniest, be the funniest thing of all time. <laughs> like it would be so perfectly this Celtics core to have everyone like basically has already fired Joe Mazzula. Everyone is They're talking about the trade machine. Trade. How their locker room is just broken, splintered, whatever. And then, <laughs> and then they just do something so outrageous with their backs against the wall that you can't help but respect it. Uh, they still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, like, I'm not going to let myself hope until there's be- a game Beating six. those dudes in three more games in a row is going to be extremely difficult. But I, tonight, to me, showed the blueprint. Like, don't don't freak out against the zone. Make make changes. Just try to get like an easy bucket if you start to have a drought against that zone. I thought that Tatum bucket against it was really, really big. Don't force that. I thought I really thought like as as well as Tatum played, and he was far better than than Jalen Brown was tonight. To me, it was Jalen's willingness to just not force things that that changed the tenor for them it was like that was the commitment to the game plan that they needed that was using the heat's defensive strategy against them because they do have guys who are targets out there they do have guys who are lesser defenders and the way to beat that it's like counterintuitive the way to beat that isn't by being more aggressive and by trying to force things yourself. It's by poking on their weak weaknesses and doing it with smarts and patience. And so that's the blueprint and whether the Celtics follow it for three more games in a row while also holding off Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and a supporting cast. that really Martin. feels we have to Caleb Martin's part of their big three. Now I think we have yes. to put him in there. Caleb Martin is, is part of their big three. You so, know who one of Caleb Martin's like most, instrumental coaches was in his kind of development at the Greensboro Swarm. Nick Friedman allowed that man to get waived. He doesn't have for, any he doesn't for have his any, brother he, who's far worse. He 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 wanted both Martins. I was I've been talking to him recently. He's been he's been a big Martin advocate for their entire careers. He wanted them both on the team. He's been very upset that or he's been very proud of his guy, uh Caleb Martin, third star of the Miami Heat. But I'm just saying who do you think taught him to attack off the dribble like that and attack closeouts like that? Probably Cody, maybe. I don't know. But Nick Freeman deserves some credit, is all I'm trying to say. Caleb Caleb has always been better than Cody, but Cody got drafted and Caleb didn't. Well, Cody pushes and then, Caleb to be And then better. Cody made the Hornets and Caleb games. got cut. I, I just don't know what the Martin brothers. Why Why were they misevaluating the Martin brothers all along? Uh, it's because Nick Freeman didn't have enough of a speaking role at the draft evaluation, um, I would say. <laughs> I do think there's you you talk about the blueprint on offense. I think the blueprint's also there on on defense, just discipline and like they need to force turnovers. And it just feels like they it it leads to better offense just in terms of one, just transition, but it just feels like they're, they're it puts the Miami on their heels. It doesn't allow the the 
the heat to get out in transition. It felt like every single time this, the heat made a big run, the Celtics were there to kind of force a turnover, get their hands in there. I do think this heat missed a lot of point, like, uh, shots in the paint um, in that third quarter, but it kind of like the Celtics responded and played fast and were able to re- um, just be aggressive on the defensive end. Um, I still think they committed way too many fouls uh, in this game, but like they need to show up consistently on the defensive end in the second half of every game moving forward. If they want to have a chance of like winning and winning comfortably, um, it really starts with a de- like them consistently getting stops. This is the first time it felt like, they were able to do that despite Jimmy having a very good third quarter. Um, they were able to limit everyone else and then eventually get some stops on Jimmy, including a complete grant revenge block. Yeah. And it takes, it takes a lot to defend the heat, the way the heat are playing right now. Like you have to send help at Jimmy. You have to close out to the you shooters can't send too much help because then they're going to make the right pass and the extra pass to the other guys. You have to send like help late, but that's part of it. You have help. to send help and then you have to rotate and then you have to run a guy off the line and then you have to rotate back. And I just thought the Celtics did a much better job of, of doing all that tough stuff. I thought Grant Williams was really good at some of that. He had one rotation I think it was to the corner where I was like, oh, wow, like that was just a, a really smart and hard working rotation. And he ended up contesting a shot that probably should not have been contested, it should have been pretty wide open. It just felt like they were more committed to doing all that dirty stuff today than they have been earlier in the series. And it like it takes a lot. It takes a lot. The uh they lost the Cody Zeller minutes again. <laughs> it's they, just, keep, they keep doing that. They cannot win the Cody Zeller minutes. He's, Cody Zeller's gotten more and more powerful as the series has gone on. Like he was very bad in game one, but has suddenly become a, a reliable bench player for them. Cody Zeller, man. I don't know how they keep turning these dudes. He's only 30 years old. That's he, wild. That's it's you could have convinced me he was 42. <laughs> he looks 42. You could have absolutely convinced me he was 42, but he's done a pretty good job in this year. He had the and one tonight where Horford ended up yelling at, I think it was Jalen, about something. I don't know what he was, what Horford was mad about, but Cody Zeller. Actually, this was, this was the first time they lost to Cody Zeller minutes, but they only lost, they only won by one in game three. That's but, because they, they the the bus one boys came in in the fourth quarter really put a really that is true on the heat really that is true the, uh, statistics there. Um, we've got four minutes left in this uh, Zoom call, Jay. I know you probably have to write tonight, but do you have any other observations, basketball related or otherwise, from Game Four of the Eastern Conference Finals? The uh, they just need a bit more from Malcolm Brogdon, and then if they're playing small. Just feels like it's going to be a tough decision between whether it's Al Horford or Robert Williams out there for the most key minutes. I thought Al's offense especially was really important tonight, and I thought Rob's defense was really important tonight. So Joe Mazzulla kind of toggling back and forth between those options will be pretty important. It's also insane that Grant Williams did not play early in the series. <laughs> it's insane that Bain Pritchard started <laughs> Remember when Joe Mazzulla put Blake Griffin in the game and against the Hawks for some reason? Just insane. 
Um, and then the other Mazzola part is learning. He does deserve some credit, like in terms of like making adjustments, even just with the timeouts is the most noticeable thing. But like, it does feel like he is maybe has some crazy ideas in the early to start a series, but he does seem to like, he's obviously no Eric Spostra, but he's like making adjustments uh, as the series go on. And I think like deserves as much shit as he got after game three deserves some like credit tonight for like making the right play, making the right decisions uh, in game four. Yeah. Then free throws. Celtics free throws early were just a struggle. They were yeah. at four for eight at one point. Jalen almost airballed one. He front rim hit front rim on both consecutive free throws. But yeah, the, the thing set- the Heat didn't um do a uh, some sort of chicken promotion because no one in the stadium got any free to uh free food from that. <laughs> and then uh I thought Derek we haven't really mentioned Derek White, but he was much, much better today. In every way, the block on Duncan Robinson was huge. The I just thought, even though Jimmy had some success against him, he was far more competitive in that one-on-one matchup today. Forced Jimmy to take tough shots, and I just thought his aggression, his everything was there. And to get 16 points out of him on top of all of that was was really important too. But it just felt like he had a different edge to him than he had early in the series. And they, they need that edge because that's a really tough matchup for Derek White, that that Jimmy Butler matchup. And if they're going to give that switch, then then he's going to need to hold up pretty well. And I thought he did a much, much better job tonight. I would say everyone on the Celtics did a much, much better job tonight. Maybe except for except Malcolm Brogdon. Brogdon. <laughs> yeah, he, he really smoked two buddies and then uh, only played 15 minutes because of it. Um, but... We shall see what happens with the Celtics team. They do. They force a game five. They have a game five in Boston on Thursday night. Do you think Jalen Brown said they want to come back to Miami? Do you think if they win game five, the Celtics will play Will Smith's Miami as this as the game ends? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You don't? You don't think it'd be funny? Like, we're going to Miami. You know, nope. Will Smith. What's your favorite Will Smith song? Also, we have a minute Just left. Just the two in. of us. Just the two of us. That's a catchy tune. That's the worst Will Smith song there is. Actually, have you, have you ever seen, have you ever heard uh, the Will Smith song, You Saw My Blinker, Bitch? No. Because everyone thinks Will Smith doesn't cuss on his raps to sell records, but he does. Uh, and he has a whole song on his first album all about a, a car crash he was in because the he uses the B word and she saw his blinker. You should listen to it right after this uh, Zoom call's over. You want to know why? Sweet, Any, anything is potable, Jay. Anything is potable. <laughs> listen to the song. It's a great track. It's actually so bad. It's an awful, awful song. I'll listen. All right. We'll talk to you guys after game five, folks. Anything is potable.